Welcome to Fruitful Minds, where I seek to promote the use of creative thinking to solve complicated problems and turn disadvantages into advantages. Good morning, everyone. My name is Enrique, and this is my podcast. I want to start today's episode with talking about fear. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make fear the topic of today's episode. And the reason why I chose fear is because I believe that fear is a severe limiting factor that gets in the way of success, if that's what you want to call it. I believe that fear is the difference between taking a risk and playing it safe. When I observe people around me, and this is what I pick up through interacting with the public, doing things like shopping or just going out to eat or something. But I see that there are very, very, very few people that are willing to take risks. Okay, now what do I mean by that? All right. Let's say we're in a retail store. We're standing in line and there's no cashier. Instead of someone having the courage or taking the initiative to step out of line walk to the back of the store or into the manager's office to ask where the cashier is, everybody just stands there. And the one person that's actually bold enough to step out of line and go find the manager is looked at so awkwardly. Some people look at that person as a hero. Some people look at that person as strange. But how they view the person has nothing to do, has not so much to do with the person itself, but the way people are taught to look at people who are willing to take risks. If we're honest with ourselves, we live in a society where it's almost frowned upon, almost socially accept- unacceptable to take risks. And since the risk takers are very few, these days, they stand out like a sore thumb. Now, that provoked a thinking process for me that brought me to making this podcast because I question how any kind of positive change was possible without taking a risk. You see, because I've always been taught to believe that the only way change is possible or self-transformation or self-improvement or self-development was to follow a formula or a pattern that was pre-established by someone. But I noticed each time that 
this someone that established this pattern was either dead and someone else was profiting off of his name or alive and this person was profiting off of it. I see it going on all the time. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to offend anybody. And I don't know how long I can go on like that for because I have quite strong opinions about some of the things that I observe. Anyways, a lot of these people were millionaires so long ago that they're almost forgotten about to some extent. And the only thing keeping them afloat are these this advice that they sell the public, the naive public that's you in more cases than none trying to get out of a struggle or trying to escape poverty. And it's crazy because those same people that have dreams and hopes of becoming millionaires, just like the people who are selling on that nonsense, those same people are the ones keeping those so-called millionaires rich. So if you want to know who's really making them rich, it's the people that's supporting them. It's almost like a pyramid where the smallest part of it stands, sits at the top and everything else is its foundation. You know, I want to disillusion some of this stuff. Again, it's my opinion, but I don't have a loose opinion about this. I read a lot. I write a lot. I talk a lot. I don't have a lot of people that like to listen. And that's what part of what brought me to this podcast. Hopefully I could reach out to someone who's a thinking individual who realizes that change is definitely needed and doesn't have anywhere to turn. You should definitely be listening to this podcast because I might say something to you that might actually help you. I talk about diverse topics. I don't talk about one particular thing that follows one particular set of topics. It's pretty much everyday problems. Rather than focus on individual, like little small problems, I try to put more focus on the bigger problems, the ones that have long-term solutions that require patience, effort, reaching deep within yourself, that type of stuff. Now, getting back to the whole fear thing, why do you, do you, the audience, why do you think it's difficult to take risks? Do you ever find yourself in situations where you know that if you take the risk, the odds are you might lose? Or you might win, but you lean more towards, I might lose, and you don't take the risk at all. And for precisely that reason, you leave room for someone else to take the risk. But anyways, have you ever asked yourself, why? Why is it so difficult for me to take a risk or take a leap? Now, I ask myself the same question. 
And the only answer I could come up with is that I have a rigid way of viewing my problem. See, things either have to be this way or they have to be that way. They can't be both ways at the same time. And to help myself understand this, I kind of created a little philosophy for my mind by separating it into three different categories, one of them being flexible mind, the other being rigid mind, and the other being divided mind. And to give you a brief, a brief description of what these three different parts of the mind mean, I'm going to describe them one by one, starting with flexible mind. The flexible mind is the mind that is able to see all things at the same time. In other words, it's able to consider both sides of the equation rather than one side or the other. A rigid mind, on the other hand, sees it either one way or the other. Said another way, the rigid mind only sees what's in front of it, whereas the flexible mind sees everything that's around it. And then finally, we have the divided mind, which sees many things at the same time and has no initiative to act. In other words, it's the overwhelmed mind, the mind that's overwhelmed with choices and trying to be perfect and trying to find which one is the right one. And yet everyone is the right one. And at the same time, everyone is wrong. So the kind of mind that's required in order to solve the problem of fear is to have a flexible mind because a flexible mind is able to see that a problem is twofold. Part of the fear is me and the other part of the fear is stimuli. All right. One of the two has to change in order for the fear to be gone. You can avoid the stimuli to some degree, but you can't wipe it out of existence. So the only other thing that's left to change is the fear itself. Now, how do you do that? Flexible mind. You see that there's two sides to the coin, the stimuli and the fear. Change the fear, let the stimuli be what it is. In other words, change your reaction to it. Look at the stimuli with the resolve that I'm not going to back down. Okay, now let me take this a little bit deeper. Stimuli is anything that triggers an emotional response. Okay, or a mental, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that. So a stimuli, for example, a visual stimuli could be seeing a bird fall out the sky and it causes your heart to beat or it causes you to feel scared or startled. All right. Another stimuli is a loud sound, which is an audio auditory stimuli. All right. A real loud bang, which might cause a similar response as seeing 
um, a dead bird fall out the sky. All right. And then there's also physical stimuli, which is a sensation, maybe feeling a sharp object um, cut into your leg or something causes a reaction or a response. And then there's also, I don't know how exactly what word to use for this, but I'm going to try to come up with one. It falls more in the realm of psychological, okay, your thoughts, your thoughts, whatever you want to call that, those can be stimuli because a certain thought could trigger a certain kind of emotional response. I mean, this is common sense for those who can think. Your own thoughts, a lot of times, are your biggest triggers for the things that you feel. And this has been Taught, told to me in so many ways, you know, through, or I've, I've learned this and heard this in so many ways through the different things that I've read, even in those little pointless self-help packets that I used to get uh, from the counselors when I was younger. But a lot of the stuff actually makes sense when you actually apply it. Anyways, the point of this is not to give credit to the pamphlets or the people who gave them to me. It's just to say that you can find value in small things if you pay attention. Moving on. So I realized that my thoughts were the biggest part of why I was in the different emotional states I was in. So once I realized that I had to change my thoughts, then my emotions, and my responses to things began to change too. And I would have never been able to guess how that would have unfolded the way it did, but it did. It definitely did, and I'm glad it did. And now I'm sharing that with you. So I'm summing this up by saying that if you wanna control the emotion of fear, then you need to change the thoughts that surround it. Whatever's causing you to feel fear, a fear that's paralyzing you from taking action, appropriate action that is in your best interest, then that fear needs to be challenged. It needs to be changed. And it starts with the thoughts that surround it. Saying to yourself, I'm a failure. I can't do it. Um, you know, coming up with any reason you can not to have to make the attempt again out of a fear of failure. What you should understand about failure, because I've mentioned that this is partly about turning disadvantages into advantages. If failure is a disadvantage, we can transform that failure into an advantage. How do we do that? By using it to make us wiser. How do we do that? Well, if we're open-minded enough, remember flexible mind, then we can learn from our mistakes. You see, you can make the same mistake over and over and over again, but it's until you get the message. Once you get the message, 
you can't make that mistake anymore. It's it's not impossible, but you have to go so far against yourself that it'll be to the point of irrationality. And we're rational beings, no matter how much we deny it, no matter how much we try to be otherwise, we're rational beings. So we know this. Another situation where fear can be our worst enemy is when it comes to investing. No, I'm not going to say that. No, too complicated for a starter topic. Um, I'm just trying to think. Okay. Fear of being who you are. That's a simple one. The fear of being who you are is actually what stops you from being who you are. And I know sometimes we'd like to believe that there's someone outside of us keeping us down or making us the way we are. But in actual fact, it's really ourselves, especially if we're adults and we're functionable. We cannot make the excuse that someone's doing something to us or holding us back from something because it's not plausible. If you can think, you can definitely make a choice. And as adults, that's all we have in front of us is choices. Nobody makes the choices for us. And if we want to give people that power and just Go get locked up. Do something irrational and hurt somebody else. And you'll have a lot of people making choices for you. Choices that you won't like. So if you have the power to make a choice and you can make a choice to do something different, do something different. Don't let fear of yourself hold you back from doing things that might be important to you. I find myself doing it a lot. There's been so many situations that could have either been avoided if the fear had been challenged, or I could have gotten out of those situations a lot sooner had the fear been challenged. But stopping it at the door in the first place is obviously the best solution. Anyways, like I said, when you get when you're open minded, you make mistakes, you learn from them. When you're rigid minded, you learn very, very, very slowly. It's almost like insanity. You keep trying to reinforce the same lesson to yourself and it's not working. And then when you have a divided mind, you don't know what to do. You just, huh, I don't know. I keep making mistakes. I have no more options in life. And they just give up completely. Divided minds are actually the worst of the three. Rigid minds at least have some kind of choice. Anyways, being open-minded enough to even admit that you did something wrong or that you made a mistake is empowering. Because once you know that you made a mistake, once you know 
that you're not perfect and you can definitely use improvement, then there's no reason to argue. There's no reason to deny anything that someone says to you if they criticize you, no matter how it makes you feel. If you know it's the truth, why argue with it? You don't have to show any kind of response at all. It can make you feel some kind of way and you can just feel it. That's it. Your feelings don't have hands and knees and feet and have, you know, take on a form of their own. They're all in your head. And if you don't express them, no one else you have them. When you do express them, people know you have them. And people respond to them. All di- people respond in all different ways. Anyways, I'm going to keep this short today. I could go on for hours, but I'm going to keep this short today. The next time, I'm going to come a lot more organized, and hopefully it comes off just as strong as it did today. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I appreciate any feedback that you might have on this podcast on how I can improve. And maybe even how we can make this thing reach out to more people. Share your ideas, your views, your problems, anything you like, you know, and we can take it from there. Until next time, have a good day.